Joyce and the lab in it on this first Sunday. We will also be celebrating our communion uh, at concluding after our moment message and our worship. And so those who are participating with us in your house, you're welcome to join us as we will come to worship him through the breaking of bread and drinking of this cup as often as we do so. We do so in remembrance of him until his coming back again. As we get ready to worship our awesome God today, we want to welcome the fellowship and join in with us as we want to welcome a little something like this.
Matthew chapter 25, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 25, you're going to read verses 1 through 13 and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, amen? Amen. And it reads, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. All right. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil 
because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Amen.
Of him, may we meditate on him. Father, we just thank you for you are a loving God, a merciful God, a gracious God, and you are an awesome God. For you are mighty and power. God, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you no matter our circumstances, our conditions, that you are able to speak into our lives. And now, Lord, we're desperate to hear a word from you. Minister to us, Lord, through the preaching and the teaching, Lord, of your word. That we might walk in according to your will. Our desire is to have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. And so we pray through this preaching moment, Lord, that we might see Jesus. And, and may we forever surrender our lives to him, we pray. Amen. As we can beginning this season right here, leading in uh, into Advent, we'll spend a moment of time uh, previous to we get to the moment of Advent of being spiritually ready and talking about the judgment. And so as we look in uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter, uh, we're going to look at Jesus teaching uh, one about the uh, ten virgins, one, uh, one group of five is you no know, wise, one group of five is foolish. And then we're going to look uh, later on of the 25th chapter 2 about the sheep and the goats. But today we're going to look in about how we want to be ready for rest. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, are you ready for rest? Now, some of y'all might have answered yes right then and there. Uh, because how many of us have been hustling and bustling that we just want some time to rest. But oftentimes we can't get rest. Because we're not ready for rest. What I mean by being ready means that you have done what needs to be done. Sometimes that we are not prepared for what's to come so we can't get rest. That's why I want to talk about the, the saying, some of you might have heard it before, so you, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. 
then when you are ready, you're ready for rest. But my question to ponder to think about for some of us that are struggling with not getting our rest and not being ready, what is preventing you from getting good rest? Is it anxiety? Sometimes anxiety is normal and it's a normal emotion. It's your brain way of reacting to stress and alerting you of potential danger ahead. Everyone feels anxious now and then. For example, you may worry when faced with a problem at work, before taking a test, before making an important decision, before leaving for a long distant trip. Many of us might be like I do in a distant trip. I try to pack up my bag just to make sure I got everything before I leave. But sure enough, I sort of left something. When I go, but we thank God for complimentary toothpaste and toothbrush. Amen. But yet we worry about things before we get it going. But oftentimes anxiety, when it's not properly regulated and checked, can make it hard for us. It'll mess with, it'll mess with our minds, mess with our, our emotional content and have our mind and, and brain racing with doubt and insecurities. Philippians 4 and 6 helps encourage us. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank you for all he has done. We can better handle our anxiety when we can rest in the Lord. So are you ready for rest? Because when we rest in the Lord, we're able to rest from stress, rest from anxiety, rest from doubt and confusion, rest from thinking about how am I going to protect myself when my God is going to protect us. I heard a preacher say it this way, that God never sleeps nor slumbers, so no sense both of us staying up. And so I can rest when I don't have to worry about things undone. Whether I did it or accomplished my task, if I did it today. You might have heard the saying too, why put off what you can do today for tomorrow? Because when tomorrow comes, you still won't get it done. So confidence in who you are and your work and your ability will help you not to lose rest. Or another way to say, I won't lose any sleep over it. Or you might hear somebody say that I sleep good at night. And this is oftentimes a commentary when somebody's trying to tell you about something. Like, you don't want to do that or you can't do that. You'd be like, I'll sleep well at night. I'm not going to lose any sleep. Means I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm not going to be doubting about this. I'm going to find rest. Because I'm at peace with my decision. Ready for rest comes from us being ready and being responsible for our own responsibilities. And you have peace knowing I did my best. Our text today in Matthew, the 25th chapter, we're going to look at Jesus talking about getting ready for when he comes back. And so I want to encourage us today. Stay faithful and be spiritual healthy with having these spiritual habits, and you will be ready and have rest. Matthew's gospel definitely starting at chapter 24, where we're going to be now in chapter 25, deals with Jesus teaching about the end times. We will look at this parable of the ten virgins and see how we need to stay ready so we will not have to get ready. Am I talking to somebody? Verses 1 through 13, New Living Translation. I want to read it again for our hearing. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, 
the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. And we look at this text, what makes the five wives? The five are called wives, it says, because they're of their good judgment and bringing extra oil. You see, they stayed ready, so they didn't have to get ready. Their wisdom helped them to plan ahead for the unexpected. They also were committed to see that their task would be done well and fulfilled in the end. And so verse 4 says, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. It said wise enough to take on extra oil. There, there are three daily activities I want to encourage us to be wise enough. That's to help us to stay ready so that when God comes, we will be ready and we'll be ready for our rest. These three activities I want to encourage you can be your daily routine and you need to schedule it in your agenda so that you will be spiritually healthy and ready for rest. The first daily activity I want to talk about is prayer. Do you have a daily activity of prayer? Do you have an habitual prayer life? Jesus talked about prayer in Luke 18, 1, where you might see that good acrostic about push, P-U-S-H, pray until something happens. Luke 18 and 1, Jesus said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus showed us the need of prayer by being consistent in prayer. He did not just teach about it. He modeled it for his disciples. He made prayer a daily appointment on his agenda. Luke 5 and 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Y'all see that there? He often, not sometimes. It says often, it means like a lot of times, y'all, often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus modeled it so much for his disciples that they too say, well, he must be doing it right. And since he's doing it right, we want to learn from him. They're like, so they came to him and say, hey, John taught his disciples how to pray. Jesus teach us how to pray. Luke 11 and 1 says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. See, his modeling and them observing him realized that prayer is important because he spends a lot of time in prayer. He daily is going off. There's times that you can look in the text in the gospel that they were looking for him and he left them to go and pray. He understood that sometimes in my life that I got to spend some time with God and alone and, and, and cleanse my thoughts and purify my heart and my mind. Because when you are in the posture of prayer, here's the help me help you out, that you want to be in a place of submission and humility. You cannot just come to God and demand things from God. That means you have the wrong understanding of who God is. See, when we are praying to our God, that we understand that he does not bend at our whims. Yeah, y'all don't hear me. There's some people that are actually teaching that you could just ask for God. He's going to give you anything. I'm so glad we don't have that kind of God. 
Because I asked for some stuff that I certainly did not need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm so glad he withheld some things because my life would be totally different with some of the mess that I was asking for. And so I'm so glad that God knows what's best for us and he gives us what we need. And oftentimes in our time of prayer, we can understand how we need to depend and trust in him more than we trust in ourselves. And so if you do not have a agenda or a schedule to have time for prayer, I encourage you right now, pull out your smart device and put it on your calendar at a certain date, certain time. I got to spend some time with God. You got you got dates or reminds of everything else. You can remind you for your favorite TV show. You remind yourself for whoever you're following on social media. They give you a reminder they're live on here or they got a new update. Well, you need to set a reminder. You need to get an update from God. Set a habit whether it be morning, noon, and night. I guarantee you, encourage you to make make it morning, noon, and night, and spend some time with God. Time in prayer. See, here's the thing with this: uh, people oftentimes say, "Hey, prayer will change you." And they're talking about how it's going to change you. But oftentimes we forget prayer changes us. When I spend more time in prayer, I'm not as selfish. I'm not as prideful. I'm not as egotistical. I'm more able to hear somebody to criticize and realize, I was just praying about that. You're right. <laughs> you so know you're right. I didn't want to hear it, but you're right. I need to work on my tongue or, yeah, I'm not as gracious as I need to be. Yeah, I, I, I rush sometimes. I don't leave things done. Thank you for reminding me. See, we have our place in a condition of heart that we're able to be ministered to and hear because we say, Lord, I want to be in your presence. And, you know, when we're praying to God, it's in spirit, it's not in the flesh. We can only worship God in spirit and in truth. And so when I'm in prayer, I'm seeking things that are of the spirit. I'm seeking his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things are be added on. So when I'm seeking after him, I'm, I want to grow. I want to stretch myself and understand there's some things in my life that I got to confess. I got to repent. I got to turn away from and truly put it in his hands. And so set a habit in time of prayer. One thing we sometimes overlook. When we talk about the spiritual armor of God, I encourage you to go back and look at it. I'm not going to preach on it, but go back and look at it. When it says put on the whole armor of God, after at one of the party points out says, and pray. That's what it says. He says, and pray. After he says well, all the stuff with the armor of God, he says, and pray, not just for me, but for your brothers and sisters in Christ, then yourself. Prayer is part of the great weaponry that we have to fighting in the, for the kingdom of God. So, again, if you want to stay ready, and, and then you got to stay in prayer. You want to have the spiritual habit of daily prayer time with God. I encourage you, if you have not put it on your calendar, pull out your smart device, your tablet, whatever it is, and write down the day and the time of each day you're going to spend time in prayer with God. And I want to encourage you, too, that God wants quality, not quantity. There's times that we can check stuff up, but our heart's not in it. Jesus made it clear, it says, that they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Uh, let us not be in repetition in prayer. And even when he taught the model prayer, he says, don't get, be like those hypocrites using big syllable words. Mighty, magnificent, audacious, whatever, hippopotamus. Just go, you can say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. When we can just simply come to our God and let him know, Lord, I need you. Oh, I hear that. Just come to him with quality 
openness of your heart and submission in your will. The second habit I want to encourage us to be ready, to stay ready, is corporate worship and personal worship. Corporate worship is maybe once a time we get a chance to come together to corporately worship, whether it be through Sunday school, whether it be through Bible study, whether it be in the sanctuary. Y'all missed it. Y'all didn't hear me. I said whether it be Sunday school and Bible study. Some of y'all forget. That's worship, too. We worship when we come together. It's honoring God. You know, the worship to bless him. And so when we spend time as word and corporate worship, it can be in a small group Bible study in Sunday school, as well as we come together in, in a structural, organized place of worship. Luke 4 and 16 says when, the, when Jesus, again, had a habit of worshiping, it says when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boy at home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scripture. It says as usual. When he went into the place as usual, he would go into the house. I, I remember growing up uh, with my family. So my, many of my, my, uh, my peers thought I was uncool and boring. Because I didn't go out on the weekends because they knew every weekend Sam was in church on Saturday. I was in church on Sunday. I was in church. We went out of town. We were in church. <laughs> and so most of our vacations were not exotic places. We went to my dad's home, my mom's home. And when my dad's home, we go to his home church. I went to his home church, sat down here to preach a preach. I went to Sunday school. Same thing. We there over the summer. We went to vacation Bible school. I daily went to vacation Bible school. We came back. We go to my mom's home. My mom grew up Catholic. We went to the Catholic church. We went to Catholic mass. I went there, and I was raised up Catholic. So I went and got my communion. I genuflect. I did the prayers. I did the homily. did everything. Every time we went, there's not a Sunday we did not miss. And so it was a custom, it was a habit that my parents ingrained on me that on Sunday, this is what we do. We go to church. We go to worship. We worship helps us to stay in line with God and be around other brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and think about the synergy and the energy you gain from having a place of worship. Hebrews 10, 25 and 6 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Notice what he's pointing out again in Hebrews that we need to desperately continue to come together and prepare and be ready for his return. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Are you ready for your rest? So not only do I stay ready by staying in prayer, but I stay in worship. Whether it be in corporate or whether it be in personal worship. Worship helps to bring us into the presence of the Lord. Psalms 27 and 4, personal worship. What David desired, it says this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple. Notice that David understood that, Lord, I want to be in your presence. And so not only do I desperate for corporate worship, but personal worship, Lord, just to be in your presence. I, I want to encourage you. There might be a day in your life that you feel like quoting some songs or lyrics of DMS. Y'all are about to make me lose my mind up in here. Up, I'm about to act a fool up in here, up in. And that's the first thing that comes to mind that you need to learn some new lyrics. Maybe you need to go to the songs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He's a, he's, he's a present help in a time of trouble. 
Y'all see, I just quoted some Psalms to you. So there's some time that you're about to lose your mind, but if you keep your mind stayed on Jesus, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Those you keep your mind stayed on him. And so instead of you losing it, won't you just lose control before him? So, Lord, here I am. <laughs> Have thine own way. I, I, I don't know what's about to happen, oh God, but I do know this, that if I'm in your hands, everything's going to be all right. It's, it's better in your hands. And, and, and that's the, the joy of worship that we can escape this position. Many of us that, that are able to join us here in person and worship, I try to exercise that for us, to point out there's a time that how we can just forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. A moment of time is just to worship him and to adore him. And I encourage us in, as individuals that you don't have to worry about somebody else singing. You can worship him. Many of you know if you come early, you hear me singing off key because I just want to worship him. I'm not here to perform. I'm here to adore him and to worship him. That's why there's no saying when I sing. I make other people embarrassed, but I'm not. Because I'm not here for you. I'm worshiping him. Side note, they throw this in. Uh, y'all might remember Hannah praying and, 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 and the judge comes to her and says, what you praying? I didn't say, I wasn't praying to you. <laughs> so she looked like she was crazy because words were not coming out of her mouth, but her heart was so vexed. He says, I was just praying to my God. I'm so glad God hears us. And so when we stay faithful and submissive to him, we have a habit of prayer, a habit of worship. It's going to make us strong so that we are always ready. You stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Are you ready for rest? And so not only is my habit of staying in prayer, but I'm going to stay in worship. I'm, I'm going to highlight this. Remember now, notice again, what made five wise and five wolves, one that, the five that were wise that they stayed ready. They had extra oil. I'm going to encourage you that sometimes you want extra time, but you didn't make time. But when you, when we use the term, what, prayed up, right, that means you've been time in prayer. I, I, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. Y'all heard that part, right? And so in order for you to be filled, you got to first take some time to fill yourself up. Sometimes we forget that we got to feed ourselves, but yet we're so full of ourselves, we're running on empty. And if you don't know, uh, if you run a car on empty, you're going to destroy it. Um, that engine will get messed up. Run empty on oil, that it's going to get messed up. All that stuff is going to make, and then it's going to cost more to fix it than just putting a, 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 a gallon of oil or um, gas, whatever you need to put in, right? And so here's the thing. Are you filling yourself up? If there's days in your life that you are anxious and you're feeling stressed out, maybe you need to take a time of inventory. Did I spend time with my God today? Did I spend some time in prayer? Did I spend some time in worship? Matter of fact, I, I, I know I try to model act of worship, and, and so when, I, when my children start singing the same songs I like, I say they must be hearing me play that song, because I know that's not in their rotation. But they hear it enough that they hear me playing it, whether it be in the car, whether it be in my room, whether it be while I'm studying, they know the same words of the song that we can worship together. Like, they, they, they sing that song. So sometimes I turn it off early. He said, no, I want to keep it in. So I was like, all right, I'll put it back on. Let's continue listening to the scene. That we want to model the same thing that Jesus did to the disciples. He said, Lord, I, I see you're doing something right. You, you, you're different than everybody else. Teach us what you're doing. And so he teaches them how to pray. And so not only do we want to worship him, 
we want to stay praying to him. The third habit I want to talk about, how we want to read and meditate on God's word. Psalm 119, 9 and 10 says, how can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Y'all might be familiar with those verses because I quote them a lot. Because I've meditated on that word to help me to stay straight on narrow and say, Lord, I want to be right. And so how, how can I stay right? How? Because my heart is prone, to, is prone to wonder, is prone to go in the wrong direction. But your word will always bring me back. How can a young man stay pure? By obeying your word. God's word will keep us focused on him. Many of us know the value of a good GPS. That if you don't know anywhere, people say, just give me the address. That's all you say, give me the address. I'll put in my GPS. I'm going to trust it. Give me there, right? But as soon as you know, you lose connection with that GPS. I don't know about you, but I'm going to pull over. I'm going to stop the whatever I got to do to get it back on before I move on. Because I know it's going to get me to where I want to be. But oftentimes we are like that same way in our lives that we've been listening to the word, but something came. We got disconnected and we stopped listening to the word and we start wondering how we ended up here. And you can't blame nobody else because you followed your own instructions, thinking you were headed in the right direction. But yet you were headed towards destruction. I'm so glad that our God is always open to get us back on the right path. Just as when you're driving, you may have lost signs, but yet there's signs all around. North, south, east, west. Do you know which way you're going? Then you got at least a heading. Get back in that direction. God has always given us signs, but are we listening to his word? Are we listening to our brothers and sisters in Christ? God's word will keep us in his will and guide us and direct us. I'm encouraging many of us, some of you join in on, on our Bible study moment and prayer meeting. I'm saying that I'm encouraging you to do a, a Proverbs a day for the, for, the, for the month of November and then end up on Proverbs 31, that first uh, day in December. A Proverbs day. So Proverbs number seven today. You can be, read through that chapter. Just read through that. If you have not started, that's all right. On tomorrow on the 8th, Psalm chapter 8. It's all right. It'll be great. You can go back and read through. You'll find out short chapters. And so you might just go back and read them all. But yeah, it's just words of wisdom and insight. And when we look at that, how we can have his word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against. The Psalms 119, 105 says, your, your, word is a lamp, is, uh, the, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Daily spending time in God's word will guide us and direct us to where we need to be. Here's the beautiful thing about God's word. That it has power to revive us, to restore us and strengthen us. But yet we have to first put it in us in order for us to get the benefit of it. And so when I said reading and meditating, I encourage you to read the word out loud to yourself. Read the word out loud to yourself. Some of us have audio Bibles opportunities in our way. You can have it being read to you. There's something special about when you read it out loud, though, to yourself. See, we live in spoiled modern technology now. We have some of this doing the reading. But when God told Joshua to read and meditate on my word, Joshua did not have no smart speaker that he could talk to and say, hey, read to me the laws of Moses. 
No, he had to get up and read it out loud. And here's a beautiful thing what happens to your brain, that when you say it, you hear it. And when you read it, you remember it. And then you have double opportunities of remembering not only from reading it, by saying it and hearing it. Your brain is working overtime, and now you got it memorized. That's the beautiful thing of reading his word out loud. So take the time and read his word out loud. Read that scripture. Read that verse. That's meditating on it. And once you do that, then you can repeat that throughout the day. Whatever that verse might be, whatever that message might be, and allow that to resonate in your spirit. And so those three habits, again, on review, we want to pray, continue. We want to have consistent days of worship, and we want to spend continuously in his word, reading and meditating on his word. And that's what's going to make you wise and make you ready. But yet when you look on the unwise, the five who were foolish, didn't take enough oil for their lamps. The text suggests to us that they lack wisdom of of preparation, as demonstrated in their bad judgment for not having enough oil. What could have been the reason for them not to be ready? Well, many of us know those answers. I was too busy. I had other things to do. It wasn't important at the time. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all know these excuses already. I see. I see. My bad. My bad for being too easy for you. We, so when we don't plan ahead, we plan to fail. And when we don't consider the outcomes, we accept all outcomes. This may be because of our lack of experience as well as our lack of knowledge. Poor preparation is always going to get you a poor production. Priorities, are, if they are not in order, will let you know that what you should have put first will definitely become number one. Y'all don't hear me? We see it all the time that what you did not make important all of a sudden is the most important. So what are we spending time on? Doing things. Then when it's time to get ready, we're not ready. Laziness is a hindrance. Let us look at Proverbs for the warning of laziness. I told you reading Proverbs, y'all. Proverbs 6. So y'all know what day that was. 6 and 11 says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, for they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed rock. I want you to ponder on that for a moment, that that proverb, I remember that proverb vividly when I read that for the first time with knowledge and understanding. I read it before, but with knowledge and understanding hit me when I was in college because I was accustomed of hitting the snooze button on the alarm clock. Like, I don't need to go to class today. <laughs> What's one day miss? I'll be all right. Right. And But then I started looking at it like, wait a minute, the Bible calling me lazy. Wait a minute. The Bible is telling me to learn from the ants. And, and then it says I'm going to be quick to ruin. A little extra sleep. That's what I wanted. A little more slumber. Yeah, that sounds good. A little folding of the hands to rest. Yeah, that sounds good. Then poverty, oh Lord, will pounce on you like a band. Once I was awakened to understanding that God 
My laziness is a sin. It rested me. I'm like, let me get up. <laughs> let me get ready for class. And then I understood then the benefit of when I got up early, I got more work done. I didn't have to stay up late. That means I could rest. What I want to highlight here is that the five foolish and the five wise both rested. They both fell asleep. There is nothing wrong with them falling asleep. The bridegroom took time. So they both were able to rest. But, you know, everybody's sleep don't sleep the same. The lesson to be learned from this parable is to be alert and be ready. Because they slept, but yet they weren't ready. Because when the bridegroom showed up, they said, can we get some of your oil? Now, don't be mad at the five wise ones to judge them because they did not give the oil. That's not the point of the parable. But even if they did give, then their bridegroom would not have enough light because they didn't have enough. So they were wise and saying no. So basically, you need to get your own. And so in the process of that, the five who were wise, because they stayed ready, they didn't have to get ready. The five foolish had to get ready. That they had to go find some other oil. They had to go out. And by the time they got ready, they weren't ready. Y'all see that? That's why we got to be careful that the time you get ready, you may not be ready. So the time is not. You know what the saying says about many times about professional sports? It says how proper preparation is, is, it gets you ready for the opportunity. Y'all, y'all, maybe y'all, some of y'all know the story about, you know, uh, the Iron Horse and New York Yankees, right? How all because this one player had a migraine headache, he didn't play that game. But he never got his spot back. <laughs> Preparation, baby. Just got to be ready. And so you just never know that it might be you that had that headache and somebody else will come in because they ready. And then you're like, I'm trying to get back in. Like, nah, they ready. You're going to have to wait for your opportunity. So you got to stay ready. We understand that we want to spend time with our God, but yet if we're not spending time now. Y'all don't hear me. How are you going to say, I want to spend time when he comes back? While we are able to forget about ourselves and concentrate on him, let us be wise. They were all waiting for the bridegroom, to, but yet they all were not ready. Verses 6 and 7, Matthew 25 says, At midnight they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridegrooms got up and prepared their lamps. They go in, but they can't get in. And they say they, they went to the door, verses 11 to 12. Y'all see that there? Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they shout, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. I want you to understand that Jesus is teaching this, saying he's coming back. We do not know the time, nor the day, nor the hour. But you need to be ready. So you too, verse 13, must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. We need to stay spiritually fit and healthy and wise by daily staying in prayer, daily worshiping, daily reading and meditating in God's word. Y'all got that? So stay ready. Stay prayerful. Stay worshiping. Stay reading and meditating on the word of God. And all this is umbrella as we're staying submissive 
to the spirit of God. This healthy lifestyle will help you find rest. That you won't have to wake up stirring, rushing, trying to get stuff ready. Because you will already be ready. God desires for you to have good rest. As with God, rest is a reward to man for his work. It is a tonic for the tired and a release from labor. Rest restores and relieves body, mind, and soul overall from various burdens. Jesus calls you to rest during uh, your daily activities. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We will not only find rest here, but yet we will find eternal rest over in glory. And Revelation 14, 13 says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, say the spirit. They are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds. Follow them. Well, I encourage you that while you're getting ready, you're getting ready for your rest. That Jesus is going to come back again and you'll be able to rest from your labors. And this rest that we're speaking of, we, we, we were supposed to experience a long time ago, but they didn't get it because of disobedience. Hebrews writer talks about how Joshua's people didn't get the rest because they had unrest on every side. When God told them to remove the enemies and get rid of them, they would find rest, but yet they let them sneak in. And so I'm encouraging that we're going to have some times in our lives that we might feel sleepless, we might feel restless, we might feel anxious, but yet cast your cares on the one who cares. Be anxious for another, but in all things and thanksgiving, make your supplication known unto him. That when we can cast our cares on the one who cares, that he's a present help in the time of trouble. I'm trying to leave you all alone with good God from Zion, but I want you to understand that if you can find rest in him now, you'll find eternal rest over in glory. And you can find rest in him right now by just staying in his presence. And so I want to encourage you. Stay ready. Then you don't have to get ready. And when you're ready, you'll find rest. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for how you move in our lives. How you are forever faithful. The Father, forgive us the times that we've made it more about us. Our priorities got realigned and we did not keep you first. But Father, we thank you that you call us back to you. We thank you your word reminds us of your grace, your love, your mercy. So Father, we confess to you right now that you are God alone and have thine own way in our hearts. And Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and say, Lord, I pray that he can confess with their mouth. And believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and he defeated death and rose from the grave on the third day. And he's exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, that they confess that today and receive your redemption. Lord, I pray that you help them find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church where they can stay ready, where they can stay in prayer together, they can stay in worship together. And they can stay in studying and reading and meditating on your word, almighty God. So, Father, bless us, encourage in Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue on to worship our God, uh, as we want to stay ready, we want to get ready. Uh, one way we do that is that we uh, eat of this bread and we drink of this cup until, the rem- uh, until he's coming back again.
as often we do so, we do so in remembrance of him. And so, if you confess Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, we welcome you to join us in the breaking of this bread and drinking of this cup. Uh, those who are present, if you do not have communion with you, uh, ushers or nurses, you can make sure all who have communion. Those who join us live right where you are or maybe catching the stream later, take a moment of time to gather so we can join together. The Bible speaks of how Jesus gathered with his disciples on the night of betrayal and he took over the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread, saying, this is my body, be given unto you, let us eat together. Likewise, he took with the cup, he said, and he blessed the cup. And he said, this is my blood. He poured out for the midst of the sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. The Bible records that they exited singing hymns, and they gathered so that none would be lost. And so likewise, we too will gather all so that none would be lost. And also as we continue on to worship here in this place, we open up the tithes and offer for you freely give to what God has freely given to you. You're welcome to join us and give us live online through our app or through our website. We definitely can encourage you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Jesus loves you and so do I.